you like stories about haunted locations, or maybe tales of cryptids and spooky folklore from around the world. If so, why not tune in to Haunted Escapes with Chris and Diane, where all this and more will be discussed. New episodes drop every Sunday, the visual versions the following Friday on YouTube. So why not come join us on our Haunted Escapes? Hi, this is Diane. And this is Kelly of the History Goes Bump podcast. We are in our 10th year of production for the podcast. And we can say without reservation that no other podcast has covered as many haunted locations as we have. We prove that history isn't boring. It's terrifying. Find History Goes Bump wherever you get your podcasts. Keep it spooky. friends, Amy here. Welcome to a mini episode of the Activity Continues podcast. As you may know, Megan and I are taking a break from recording, but we wanted to still give you something to tide you over until next month when we'll be back. Remember back in April of 2022 when we covered the Dead Files episode on the Velisca Axe Murder House? If you remember, it was a two-parter, and in part two, we read a listener story. Our friend and Ghosty Fam member and patron, Heather visited the Velisca Axe Murder House in 2004 with her friends. We read a version of this in our episode 14, but here it is in her own words. We hope you enjoy it. Hi, ladies. Thanks for allowing me a chance to tell um, my experience visiting the Velisca Axe Murder House. Um, we visited there back in June of 2004. And at that point, there was no barn, no current sign. I think it's changed hands in ownership a couple few times. Um, the owners were very nice. And this was right before the first original documentary came out. And that was the reason I got interested in visiting was because I heard about this documentary being made. Born and raised in Iowa, I had never even heard about the Vuxa Axe Murder at all. So being a fan of horror and always interested in the psychologicalness behind like serial killers and, you know, forensic shows. So we got friends together and my husband and I, and we spent the night and it started with just a tour during the late afternoon during the day. And the owner told us a little bit about the house, not everything. And there wasn't much on the website back then. Um, there just wasn't that much information about it. There's kind of the basics about the, the murders, but there wasn't like a whole bunch of how the hauntings were happening or things that happened in the house. So, I mean, there was a few slight things, but I tried to avoid anything about the house before we went there. And during the tour, one thing that happened was as we went in the living room, uh, the owner was telling us, you know, about the family. And I sat down in a chair in one of the corners of the living room 
and just became totally overwhelmed with grief. It was something that I'd never felt before and I've never felt since anywhere. It was overwhelming. It actually made me cry. I couldn't control it. And I, as I got up to get a clean friend, the owner actually said, well, you know, we really think that that's a lot of people have had that emotion right there and, and have picked that up. And they think that it's because of the mother's residual energy, perhaps, or her spirit is still there. And it's her grief and sadness that's kind of imprinted in the living room. So they think. The next thing was we went upstairs and the upstairs had the main family's bedrooms, so the, the more children. And at the top of the stairs, they were giving, um, the owner was just telling us about covered the mirrors, um, how outside that window you can see train tracks. There is tra- train tracks near the house. And um, I noticed a closet. And so after that, he proceeded to open the closet door and I realized, oh, it's an attic, big attic. I was um, surprised how big it was considering how small and narrow the house really is. So we proceeded to go into the attic and the um, owner and then some of our friends went first and then I went and my husband and another friend were behind me. And as I stepped fully into the room, all of a sudden I got overwhelmed with fear and I don't know if it was really anger, but it was, it was definitely the feeling of you should not be in here. You cannot stay in here. And immediately I left. I like backed out and I was like, you guys can go ahead and get in there, but I refuse to stand in that room. And everybody kind of looked at me like I was weird. Like, what's going on with you? But um, I told the owner, I said, you can continue with your tour and talk about it, but I'm not going to stand in there. I'll just leave the door open and listen from the bedroom. And um, the owner pointed out that It's possible I was picking up what they suspect happened is that the murderer or murderers uh, hid in that attic once the family was gone to the church outing. They hid in the attic until the family was asleep. And in a sense, that kind of makes a little... um, It makes sense because of the way the house is set up. It's not... It's a theory. And it's not a bad theory. And I did not know that at all. So uh, as far as the rest of the night, it was pretty low-key. We didn't experience too much more. We did go to the cemetery in town. And one strange thing that happened was when we got back, I know that those kitchen chairs have been pushed in and they were pulled out. Now, it's possible. I mean, we locked up, but it's possible that the owner came by and thought it would be funny. I mean, anything's possible. We don't approve of that. We didn't have videos. Again, this was 2004. We didn't have smartphones. We only had our digital cameras. We only had our um, disposable cameras and one personal digital recorder that I had used for college. Um, so we didn't really have much technology with us. I will say throughout the night, our batteries were drained and drained quickly and kept draining. We kept having to go outside. We would switch batteries. Once we were outside, they seemed to work again. So we'd go back in, they would work, and then all of a sudden just boom, drained. And they were new batteries, so it was all really strange. That part of it was definitely um, A, annoying, B, strange. Uh, Let's see, what else? Then my few friends decided, you know, they were tired. They were just going to go ahead and literally sleep 
me, my husband, and another friend, we decided to stay up all night because the owner had told us that supposedly people see a mist come into the bedroom at around the time the train comes, which is when they suspect the murders happened. And so we were like, ooh, let's stay, make sure we, you know, we'll just stay up all night. And so we were upstairs in the kid's bedroom playing cards. And A, we did not ever see a mist. So that was kind of a bummer. Uh, but I suspected we wouldn't. But anyway, so we're playing cards. And the Dan and our friend, so my husband and our friend, they were both sitting in front of me. And I had my legs cross, cross-legged while sitting there playing. And all of a sudden on my, I thought it was my left, but it would have been because I was cross-legged. It would have been my right foot. On my right foot, I was tapped quite hard and it was very clear. It wasn't, I mean, I can't explain it other than maybe it's the kids sending a message. And I, I, I don't know. In the evening, Jen and I, my friend Jen and I, decided to read a story to the kids in the Stillinger girls' uh, bedroom where they had been. Upon entering that room, there was this shadow in the corner. And I can't even say it was a shadow because it was a black mass. It was like, it's not like a normal shadow. And it seemed to move very quickly. And it happened very fast. Both Jen and I looked at each other and we were just like kind of like, did you see that? And we were both like, oh yeah. And we're like, okay, well, let's just be positive and think that it was, you know, possibly the kids. So we sat on the bed and I was nervous about doing this. We actually did use the personal recorder and we read the kids, um, kids stories. And we had decided early on in our visit that we were going to keep our visit very positive and not antagonize anything that was there. We didn't want to do that. Um, none of us think that that's the way to approach the paranormal. So we wanted to stay towards the positive best we could. And my friend Jen actually left some toys for the kids. She brought specifically for them. And we left them in that room, um, some jacks, uh, uh, blocks, and a couple balls. And uh, I think she had a little stuffed animal too. Anyway, so then we went... Later that, I'd say the that next morning, they fell asleep. We didn't really have any other experiences after that. We did take personal digital uh, audio recording of the night as much as we could. Again, we were limited in batteries, and the batteries kept dying out. We did put the digital recorder in the attic. I have never listened to the digital recording. To be real honest, I am nervous about listening to it. I'm afraid that I'll hear something I don't want to hear. And I'm afraid it will open up things that I don't want to have opened personally. I have had experiences in my childhood and past with the paranormal. And I don't really want to open that up to more experiences, I will say. Um, And I always go with my gut feelings on things. And I think there's a reason why I have gut feelings. So the next morning... Hey, everyone. We want to welcome our new sponsor, Gobble. As you know, life can get pretty hectic. Between work, errands, and family time, who always has the energy to plan, shop for, and cook delicious meals every night? That's where Gobble comes in. It's a meal kit service that takes the stress and guesswork out of dinner. I used to dread the what's for dinner question every night. Gobble has been a game changer. They deliver fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and easy-to-follow recipe cards right to your door. Exactly. No more last-minute grocery runs or scrambling for inspiration. 
Plus, the recipes are incredibly diverse. From healthy options to comfort food classics, there's something for everyone. And let's not forget that cooking together can be a fun family activity. Gobble's recipes are simple enough to involve everyone in the kitchen, even the little ones. So if you're looking for a way to make delicious, stress-free meals that the whole family will love, head over to the link in the show notes or on our website to get your first six meals for $36. Gobble. Make dinner amazing. We want to give a shout out to our newest affiliate partner, Just Brands. This is the company that makes the CBD and THC gummies that I have been talking about. I have purchased both the Delta 8 and the Delta 10 versions, and they're really nice. They're actually really tasty too, but I wouldn't recommend just eating a ton of them at once. I did buy them to help me sleep. And well, let's just say that one night I took one and when I went to bed, I felt myself melting into my bed. It was lovely. For a limited time, you can get 20% off these treats when you go to justcbdstore.com or just follow the link in the show notes and then use our promo code ACTIVITY24. This offer is good until March 27th, so get your gummies now. We got up. We packed up to leave. Uh, We actually wrote in their journal our little bit of experience. I don't know whatever happened to that guest journal that they kept. I have no idea if they still have it, but... Jen got home and she called me when she got home and she was like, Hey, did you put one of the balls back in my backpack? And I was like, no, I never, I never even went back into that room the rest of that night. And she's like, well, no one else, everyone else is saying they didn't do it either. So, and I'm like, well, I know we didn't do it because I was with the other two the whole night and none of them went back into that room. And so she's suspecting that maybe the kids put it in her bag. I mean, that's a big assumption, right? And the only, we didn't really get any weird photos either. Um, The only odd one we got was one that had a giant orb above the house outside. And normally I don't really trust orbs. I don't, I think they're dust or bugs or moisture in the air. But this one was really big and it was really strange and where it was at. And there was nothing else in the sky or in the picture or in the background that night. So that it made it a little strange. I will say, I do think there is at the very least residual energy in that house. I think there is residual good and bad energy in that house. And whatever you bring out will amp up that. So if you bring, if you want to try to antagonize the bad, the bad will be amped up and vice versa. So, um, as far as like a, an intelligent haunting, I, I'm not sure on that. I, the foot tapping to me was the biggest evidence of some sort of haunting, but other than that, we didn't really have supreme experience. I kind of wish we had a photo. Again, I haven't listened to the digital you know, recording for any EVPs and it's very possible that we have something on there. But I'm just too nervous and all these years I still haven't done it. So, and no one else in the crew really wants to take the time to listen to it. So it just sits on our computer, hopefully still recorded and safe in the file that we have. But that was my experience at Villisca. And I, I think it's changed a lot. I don't know. We went, like I said, we went before there was the barn. It wasn't advertised as much. I mean, it wasn't even mowed. It was overgrown. Absolutely no utilities at all. And we had to use the outhouse through the night and bring our own, you know, food or like 
um, we had our own flashlights. They did provide one lamp, and I believe it was an oil lamp, but some sort of lamp. But that was it. So it was pretty, it wasn't as touristy, I guess I should say. And you could tell the people in town kind of knew we were there and they weren't very happy about us being there. So it's, it's very controversial in that town about having this house there. And after watching the dead files where Amy visited and she, I think she made a comment that she really thinks the owner should stop. Um, I don't necessarily disagree with that, especially since it's changed hands a couple times, few times. And I think it's just, it's just more of a show now. And they've had so many paranormal investigators come in. I think back when we went, they might, they, I don't even know if they had paranormal investigators come in yet when we were there. Um, maybe one, but it wasn't widely known. So hopefully this gives some perspective on it. Thanks again for inviting me to talk about Velisca, and I am happy that I did it. And it's, I do recommend people taking tours, take it as a historical tour. I wouldn't try to make it into something that is dangerous or bad for any of the spirits that might be there, if that makes any sense. Okay. Thanks again, ladies. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Activity Continues podcast. We really appreciate you giving us your ears for a bit. Please reach out if you have a suggestion for which episode of The Dead Files we should cover next, or if you have a spooky story you'd like us to share on the show. We can be reached at theactivitycontinues at gmail.com or through our website or any of our socials. Links are all in the description of the show. Please feel free to drop us a note and say hi. And join us next time when The Activity Continues. The Activity Continues is produced by me, Amy, at Collected Sounds Media, and is part of the Independent Collected Sounds Podcast Network. We are also proud members of the Boo Pod Network of Super Cool Podcasts. Nailed it. <laughs>